In the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, I bet there are very few of us, if any, who have ever witnessed a friend of ours die and then come back to life again. Probably none of us. This is not something that happens every day, if ever. I can say, though, I have seen this happen, albeit in a very roundabout way. Some of you might remember my friend Ann Gillespie, who's a priest from Virginia who came to be with us one Sunday several years ago. Well, before she was a priest, Ann was a longtime TV actress who most recently played the crazy mom Jackie Taylor on the show Beverly Hills 90210 and then was recast in the remake series 90210. And in her last scene on that show, her character gets sick and dies on screen. I cannot tell you, no matter how much I knew I was watching television, it is not fun to see your friends die. Emotionally, I felt terribly sad, although rationally, I knew she was alive and well. The reality of death still pulls at our hearts, whether the death is real or not. It still hurts. Today, Jesus' friends are hurting because one of his closest friends, Lazarus, has died. Jesus didn't get there in time, and everyone is just beside themselves with grief. This young man, Lazarus, probably someone in his late 20s or early 30s, is now dead. What do we do now? Mary and Martha asked Jesus in their own way. The interesting thing about this reading is that John's gospel always shows Jesus in control and that everything Jesus is doing is to reveal something about God. And this reading plays out this way until Jesus gets completely swept up in the weeping and the wailing and the sorrow and the pain. He breaks down and he cries too. He's so overcome with the emotion and the sadness of Lazarus' death that he breaks down as well. And then, out of that pain, out of that place deep within himself, Jesus tells them to roll away the stone and with a loud voice cries, Lazarus, come out! And he does. The dead man is now alive, and our reading concludes with Jesus saying, unbind him and let him go, so that he can live the rest of his days with unbounded freedom. Few of our readings get more dramatic than this one. But if we stay only in the confines of this story about Lazarus, we can intellectually know the story and then walk away from it. It doesn't have to have any effect on us. I mean, it's not even included in the other three Gospels, so what could possibly be a takeaway for us? Well, think about the times everything in your life have fallen apart. 
about the times when parts of you have either been mentally or spiritually or physically been beaten down so much that part of you felt powerless. Every option exhausted. Everything feels totally limited, confined. No more recourse, no sense of control at all, no more strategy, and those parts felt dead. Hope was gone. The life force had dried up, dry bones, as Ezekiel calls it. The dreams of yesterday now vanished. The plans for tomorrow abruptly halted, dead. Not a fun place to be. Now, if you're there right now in your life, please know that there are lots of people around here who will be available to you to help. So please, please, please reach out to us. We promise we'll be there for you. But yes, this dead place, not a fun place to be. That valley of the dry bones, those dead places within us, not a fun experience at all. John's gospel is all about showing us God's love, God's power, God's life force through the presence of Jesus. And so I'd like to invite us to see this story today as an invitation to immerse ourselves, to immerse ourselves in the power of love, to go back to those places in us that we've thought of as dead and allow the spirit of the living God, the spirit of the living God who's present with us now to call out to us, for us to hear those words, unbind him and let him go. For the spirit to call out to us, to prophesy to us, and to bring those dry bones back that are inside of us back to life again in the same way that Jesus brought Lazarus back to life. To take the power of God and invite God to reveal to us a new way how much we are truly loved. To invite God to restore us back to our whole selves, to be the people God intends for us to be in this world, to give us unbounded freedom. But this gets better than this too because this isn't just about God restoring us. It's about God refreshing us completely through Jesus to where we get to the place in our life where we find complete and meaningful connection with God and one another. Where we find healing, healing, real healing that's all-encompassing, physical, mental, and spiritual. And then we begin finding ourselves with hearts full of love to live out the signs and wonders that God has done for us so that we can also love others in our world at levels that are not only divinely inspired, but that are divinely championed. For us to take this newfound, unbounded freedom that we've been given and then use our gifts and talents that we've been given then to love God with an even fuller heart and to love our neighbors in a new way, to live out this freedom in a way that we love our neighbors as ourselves and we commit, that it causes us to commit in our hearts and in our minds with every fiber of our being to love our neighbors so much 
that we not only identify the ways in which they are not unboundedly free, but that we take every bit of the power and the love and the hope and the inspiration that we've been given and we become people like Jesus. We become people like Jesus who travel to and fro from neighborhood to workplace, from school to office, from shop to farm, from state capital to office high rise and everywhere in between. And we live the rest of our days setting people free. Free, free of the hurts, free of the constraints, free of the hatred and limitations and racial prejudice and low self-esteem. Free of imposter syndrome, anxiety, free from discrimination because of sexual orientation or gender identity, free of anything that limits anyone from full connection to the power of that real, loving, life-giving reality that is Jesus in the world, pointing us to a God who loves us beyond our wildest dreams. Jesus paved the way for us for this, but he actually gives us a head start. Remember, Jesus did not live in a free society. He was an occupied subject of the Roman Empire as a religious Jew who was considered part of the poor, the underclass, even by his own people. He had no earthly or material basis for anything he was doing at all. No amount of intellect would have given him the spiritual gravitas to proclaim this type of good news, this type of freedom upon all humanity. And yet, he did, and we're the better for it. And we have a leg up, in a way. This newly found freedom changes everything in our world because suddenly the impossible seems possible. The things that are forlorn or broken or sad or decayed, they become whole again. And instead of life's purposes being revealed to us socially through a lot of shoulda, coulda, wouldas, or thou shalt and thou shalt nots, instead of life's purposes being given to us in those ways, life's purposes are being revealed to us through a lens of love through a lens of freedom, through a lens of infinite possibility. And this freedom gives us the courage to be authentically ourselves in every way. One of my favorite stories, which some of you might have heard at some point or another, is about a wonderful play that circulated in New York off-Broadway for many years called Bus Stop. And the woman in the play is named Cherie. And a man named Beau is falling in love with her. And they have this wonderful thing going on. There's so many scenes that's so wonderful, them falling in love and so on and so forth. But Cherie is really worried that Beau is going to find out a lot of details about her past that really aren't all that pleasant. She's terrified. And so she decides to have the courage to tell him everything, thinking he's going to reject her. 
Quite the opposite ends up happening. Bo turns to her in one scene and says to Cherie, Cherie, I love you. I don't care how you got that way. I love you just the way you are. And her response to him was, Oh, Bo, I'd go anywhere in the world with you. To go anywhere. Limitless freedom to be set free. Our invitation is to live into this freedom we've received, to study about this freedom we've received, to learn more about how Jesus has set us free from the things inside of us that hold us back, that bind us, that make us afraid, and keep us from operating at, from our full potential. Our quest today is to become liberators, champions of freedom, freedom riders, to become people who champion the limitless freedom of God and to set others free while we are living into the freedom that we've received. With Jesus, we are companions on this journey and we are invited to bring our full selves body, mind, and spirit into everything that we do. Today we become freedom riders and go anywhere in the world with God and proclaim unbounded freedom upon absolutely everyone.